you have to make so many mistakes <laughs> to learn from yeah. them. Uh, if you don't, if you make something and you can't look back at it a month later and say, I would have done that differently, I would have done that differently, then you're not, I don't think you're learning. Yeah. I'd say screenwriting, everything I'm still learning. Mm-hmm. Um, but that kind of picked up later. Once I think once I started at that company, that's when I started to get into, because when the, when we pitched the idea of making a sketch show, that's when we started, and we didn't know what we were doing, but that's when the writing started. Mm. Uh, we, again, 10 years ago, we were like, let's do this versus that yeah. <laughs> uh, kind of comedy. And I had a, kind of a lot of observations for that. So I mixed it all together and pitched something called Islanders, which was uh, a couple of guys just, again, struggling to get by. <laughs> and then their sister, who's like escaped as soon as she can, gets forced to come back. Um, and they they said that's something that they're actually looking. They were looking for something that's that's set off the central belt. Um, and they, yeah, they went for it. Hi, I'm Mark, and you're watching or listening to From the Podcast Studio Glasgow. It's our in-house podcast and we record it right here in the podcast studio Glasgow. You can learn more about this space and how you can rent it for your podcast at podcaststudioglasgow.com. In this episode, I'm joined by Alessio who got in touch via our Instagram and he told me that he's a writer, he's a director, he's a cinematographer and he has a pilot that is about to be launched on BBC called Islanders and he asked if he could come on and talk about it. So we did and we talked about his background and the 10 years he spent in Shanghai in China and some of the things that he got up to there and we took a deep dive into the the creative process behind writing, directing and filming a comedy pilot for the BBC. Now to let you know Islanders is available to watch on iPlayer from July the 6th. I've seen it You'll learn what my thoughts are um, on the pilot episode in the conversation. So let's jump in. So welcome to the studio. Welcome. Thank you very much. What's your thoughts? Thanks for having me. It's a bit, it's a bit off camera. It's a bit grungy. That's all, it's always the case where you see the cables and stuff like that. But exactly. as long as it's not in frame. Exactly. Uh, I can see you got three, three set, three setups. No, no. So the couch. Um, you know, I, I probably need. To, the, the, the background of the couch is we got the couch for the studio we had previous to this mm. and the idea there was an armchair with it got it from shelter mm-hmm. you know it's Italian leather I think it cost me 300 quid or something like that in fact it was less than that because we also got a table and other bits um, and then people started saying oh is that your casting couch <laughs> so <laughs> the joke was in my head yeah, so as it's a black leather couch <laughs> you know um, so no that's Basically, that used to be over against that wall, and then we moved it to the back wall, and then we moved it to there because we wanted to get these nice, easy chairs for the more informal set, which was over in that corner behind where you're sitting. Like the you got to be accents of colour there as well. Yeah, we try to do all that stuff. Yeah, so pro. it's funny because you come in with, with, with sort of like a production eye, don't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, nice overheads as well. So, um, what's your first experience with podcast? Can you remember? I, I briefly did one. Um, we briefly did one when I was living in Shanghai, um, but never really stuck to it enough to to build up. It was more like a byproduct of because we had a YouTube channel. Um, we had a YouTube channel called Mamahoo, 
Mama ho ho. Mama ho ho. Mama ho ho. So you're going to need to translate that. I'd probably go back and explain. <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, so <clears throat> 10 years ago, I moved to uh, Shanghai. I got a job there doing video production for a tourism company. So it was making videos for hotels and like uh, kind of travel segments, what sites to see and stuff like that. And that was my first full time job in video production. I've been always trying to get into it. Mm hmm. And never full time. Um, after that first year, there was uh, at that time in Shanghai, there was quite a, a a buzz going on with like because it was uh, in the midst of like China opening up and Shanghai being this international hub, and there's this buzz of like cross cultural stuff, mm -hmm. cross cultural. So there was this uh, startup company called TMD, and they were trying to bring content creators together to, to make cross-cultural comedy and see what kind of um, blows up. My friend, um, it's, uh, this other guy called uh, Zach, he, he has a, 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 YouTube character called, a YouTube character called Donny Does. Okay. And he was just making videos on the side, um, messing around. He was kind of like a reverse Borat. Right. He was like a dumb American in Asia. Uh, and he blew up. So he was the first person that company took on. And then um, I approached him, said I'd love to like make stuff with him as someone who has a bit of skills for a uh, camera. And then we made a few things together and then I got taken on to that company and then we st it was, we were just kind of dicking about. The thing they wanted us making was uh, pranks. Right. Um, which I hated doing. Because that, that was big 10 years ago on YouTube, yeah, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was huge, yeah. I, hate, I hated doing because I was 30. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine. I, I like watching them, but I mean, I just I die in a death of embarrassment. Yeah, maybe. yeah. Um, and we didn't know what we were doing either. There was a lot of times we were doing pranks, and then we'd like just go, like, "All right, cool, let's go," and then not explain it to anyone. Right. So they'd just live the rest of their lives going like, "Yeah, was that?" So, so that was what was in Shanghai. I was in Shanghai. So culturally, how did how was that accepted? The pranks with the Chinese into it. <laughs> um. So, <sighs> the company was like. Ran by a couple of young guys who didn't also didn't know what they're doing, right. but they had a uh, especially one of the guys like he had backing from his parents. He was like, unemployable. Like I think his parents were like, "Here, start a company." Yeah, yeah. Uh, so he was just like, "Let's go viral," and then I think they learned along the way. They a couple of times there were run-ins with the police, um, doing the pranks, and eventually, um, as the as they were getting popular, then the. It's such a weird time, man. The 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 boss's uh, ambitions kind of grew to be on. Like, I'm seeing you guys are getting famous. I want to be famous. So he's right. like, let's do a crazy prank and I'll be the star. Right. <laughs> it was, Classic. It was uh, so he. It was Halloween. He was like, I'm going to get a top of the line makeup artist and to dress me up as a zombie. And we're going to. I'm going to go like scare people on the subway. This is the biggest city in the world, um, and. It was just after some sort of, I think, a SARS outbreak or something. Right. And um, Oh, my goodness. He, he caused mass panic and cleared, like, there's this, you can still see the footage online, cleared, like, two subway carts. And, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, and the police came the next day, which was actually, oh, the police came when it came out, which was Halloween, um, and arrested them, says, you can't, you, you can't do that. They sent him to jail for for five days. Wow. 
But they needed to get, when they came to the office, or they took him to the office, they needed to get into one of the computers, and only I knew was like the password or something like that, or if I knew where the files were. So they asked me to come in, and it was like nighttime on Halloween, and I was dressed like a zombie. <laughs> so I had, to, oh I had to show up at their office drunk, dressed as a zombie, and, and uh, in an office full of cops. Um, yeah, so they, they definitely knew they had the right guy. That's playing with fire, though. But then, but then I suppose the Shanghai authorities are now using that footage to keep the COVID fear going on. Uh, I'm not lying. They changed the law to no fancy dress on public transport. Really? In the city afterwards. Um, but yeah, that that died. Um, that killed pranks, thank, thankfully. And they're like, all right, just try and make other content. Yeah, and yeah. then we started doing sketch comedy and right. that became quite big. And that's what Mama Ho Ho is. So you, you were already in Shanghai at the time when you got when, when you approached the YouTuber to partner with them and yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So what, he, took, what he, took you to Shanghai? Sorry, just out of interest. The, 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 the honest answer is I had nothing better to do. I was, right. I, was, I was kind of struggling to get started here and it was before the YouTube really kicked off. Yeah, here. yeah. So when YouTube kicked off, that's when a lot more video production jobs mm. grew. There was a lot more work going on, but this was before then, so it was either... And you were already sort of qualified or you, had you gone to school for filmmaking? I went, I went to school, but I don't like to give it much credit because it was uh what was it, it was um it was B building britain right and I, I i don't think i was cut for studying it um but i learned a lot as a runner and mm. um, and i was a trainee at gmac if you've been there no classical media access center right okay no uh i was a trainee there uh and it was just hanging about with other people and learn stuff that way but it wasn't until i was working full-time that i really like had to Kind of, <laughs> I, I had an idea of what I was doing mm. uh, technically, but I kind of had to uh, pick it up once I was actually working. But yeah, I didn't have much going on here. I got an uh, opportunity to go abroad, went abroad, and uh, ten years just went like that. <laughs> yeah, and, and 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 now you know, ten years, ten years on, without you know, we're not going to go into geopolitics or anything like that. But Jeez. ten years on, I mean, you wouldn't want to be in Shanghai. Time to leave. Yeah, I've got friends that are still there. And it's it's really heartbreaking because there was so much positivity mm. and like, like things are opening up this is this yeah. is great this feels like the centre of the world mm. um, and then just slowly just just seeing the signs and just like alright it's, it's going to be time to move on yep. which is so, like when we moved back here I had, I had a kid <coughs> and that's when it kind of started to feel like time to go back mm. um, and, but we all I always kind of thought we'd be like just going between going between but you you can't basically can't fly back at the moment because I was in China in 2012. I had the chance to do the, the you know, a Great Wall of China thing for oh, yeah. for a client, so I was there to make video content and blog about it for mm. this this particular charity. Um, and I I fell in love with the place. I just right. thought it was amazing. Just Beijing, uh, yeah, just around Beijing. You know yeah. where, where the wall is around Beijing. Beijing's yeah. massive. You know, so yeah, yeah. you know, we didn't know we hadn't actually left Beijing at any point, even though we were there for nine days and yeah. it was a different place every night. But um, you know, I, I was just so impressed by the perceived openness. Yeah. Um, I mean, I remember the the first day, and you maybe had similar experiences, but the, the first day I thought I'm going to go into the local shopping mall to see if I can get a pair of trainers, um, and just you know. The, the girls in the shop, hee hee, hee giggling when they see the, <laughs> yeah. the, the the bald, white skinned European guy, and yeah, yeah. Um, you know everybody being friendly enough. Yeah, you know, yeah. um, I remember the last day just sort of walking around where we were staying in Beijing and just like just going for this really long walk. Like, let's try and get lost one of those walks where you just we well, you know where yeah. the hotel is, but let's just go up and ending up going down some streets where the sort of people sort of squatting at the side, smoking, and their mm. dogs are wandering about. But at no point feeling at safe. risk yeah, at all. Safe. People were respectful. Um, 
what w- one of the things that impressed me was there was no sort of fake kind of kowtowing oh it's a white European with blue eyes oh yes and mm. sort of undue respect it was mm. just yeah you're another dude mm. we'll serve you in a shop or you know we'll give you a price for whatever it is you're yeah. asking a lot um, of patience yeah. especially when you don't like uh, so many people don't speak the language yeah of course um, I, I mean it, I, I hope it gets back on track yeah it was um, it was uh, amazing for a while I think kind of a lot of friends have left as well uh, I got another Scottish friend. Actually, he's come back as well soon. Yeah, I w- I've watched a few YouTube channels where, where it's been um, one, one guy's South African. I can't remember his name, but you know the guy because he always just walked about with his camera. Surfing Zeddy. Yes, I know. And he, well, he's 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 obviously left as well, but yeah. he's you know he so, changed so, his gym when he left. Oh, absolutely! <laughs> and that's when it was, and it was him and his friend that he did the motorcycle tours with. Oh, remember they made those films. Yeah. Um, in his videos as well, he was basically like, now I've gone, yeah. here's what it's really like now. Yeah. You know, they were getting followed by um, agents of the state or whatever, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I kind of just stayed out of any stuff that would have led, led to that. Apart from staging zombie so pranks on zombie subways. Thing, yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was a sign. <laughs> That'll do. Uh, there was, another, there was other, another prank where uh, my brother was there for a while as well. And he was in a lot of the, the, the videos. And he did one where he was uh, dressed up as a uh, private security and just followed random people and just like get guided them through the city. And eventually, like they they walked through the wrong place, and then all these cops just came at them, like, right. "What are you doing? <laughs> What's going on?" And again, now it's, it's hard to imagine getting even remotely getting away with that. Couldn't you know, not, the way. Nah, nah. Such a shame, such a shame. So when you went to when you went to Shanghai, um, you had a bit of experience as a runner, etc. Yeah. Did you know that filmmaking? And, and can we break down filmmaking into its component parts? So cinematography, mm-hmm. screenwriting, production. I learned, I'd say screenwriting, everything I'm still learning. Mm-hmm. Um, but that kind of picked up later. Once I think once I started at that company, that's when I started to get into. Because when the when we pitched the idea of making a sketch show, that's when we started. And we didn't know what we were doing, but that's when the writing started. Mm. Uh, was, again, 10 years ago, we were like, Let's do this versus that yeah. <laughs> uh, kind of comedy, and that's what we kind of started off with. And I think from there, I met a lot of a lot of really talented uh, people doing stand up comedy as well. My friend Andy, he started a uh, he started a comedy. He started doing the comedy scene there, and he was doing like uh, comedy nights at bars and stuff like that. And then he eventually managed to get his own club started, uh, and then just kind of snowballed there. And then he brought over Eddie Izzard. And then he got the attention of Live Nation, which is like the biggest yeah. event company in the world. Yeah, yeah. Now he's the head of uh, Australasia for comedy. Wow. For Live Nation. Um, but I met a lot of talented uh, comedians there, and I kind of learned a lot about writing through working with them. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, would you say then to any, you know, because I'm always aware that, that you know you hope that the audience for your podcast is going to be people who perhaps aspire to do some of the things that the guests do. Mm. Would you say it's a case of just get out there, do it, Eyes open, ears open all the time. Don't assume that you know everything. I don't think there's any other way, man. Yeah. I, think, I think you have to it's, you have to make so many mistakes <laughs> to learn from yeah. them. Uh, if you don't, if you make something and you can't look back at it a month later and say, I would have done that differently, I would have done that differently, then you're not, I don't think you're learning. Yeah. Um, yeah, you just got to, there's some quote, I'm not going to, I'll butcher it by saying you got like your first thousand as a as an artist, your thirst one thousand paintings are terrible. 
that's definitely not the quote. <laughs> but it's, yeah, yeah, it's no, I get the idea. I get <laughs> the idea. Ah, you, you have to just you have to get out there and do it, mm. and and then improve from there. And then response as well. You have the the benefit and the curse of having instant response from posting stuff on YouTube, and that um, you can see what's engaging, what's not. And sometimes if something's really engaging, but you feel like the like if you're making videos and you put something out, you're like, I'm really proud of that one. And that one, that's all right, but that one's done so well. Mm. Um, I think there's a balance there where you're like, ah, yeah. but I still, I still want to do this. Yeah. So, so you, so you went out to Shanghai ten years ago. You said you were thirty. No, I turned. <clears throat> um, I'm thirty-eight now. Right. Okay. Yeah, I turned thirty when I was there. Right. So you were so you're in your late twenties when you yeah. over. So you'd been earning your chops here. You go over there, and you, and you start to just build up a portfolio of work. You yeah. Get experience. Went, yeah. As a, as a, I mainly worked as a, a DOP. Yeah. And I direct my own stuff on the side, which was like mostly kind of comedy related. Um, again, it was one of these countries where, one of these cities, Shanghai, where it's, if there's a big advertisement for uh, Nike or a car ad, and it's like the cars all around the world, and here it is in Paris, Shanghai was one of those places. Okay. So it was always those kind of productions that came through. Yeah. Um, but that's what I did. Um, I've, yeah, so after that second company, then I went freelance and then, I was working mainly as a DOP or as a shooting director. Okay. Did you hire your cameras? Uh, we would hire. We would hire and then eventually we had like our own kit and stuff like that. Why would you ask? No, no, I just thought, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm always interested in that side of things, you know, because obviously there's the, you know, if, if you want to be using a fleet of red cameras or Aries, yeah, pretty expensive yeah. to get. So, you, you know, people tend to rent, but eventually you want to have your own kit, don't you? Yeah. We, <clears throat> we would uh, do a lot of stuff with, Sony like magic and stuff like that, and mm. at one point we had a we had a, a red, and I think I I got away. Uh, I got off clean. I managed to make the money back, but I could see it, like not making the money back mm. as well. I think yeah. I had enough jobs where I'm, I was lucky, but it could have went the other way completely. Yeah. I don't think I'd ever buy a red unless I'm like here's a job that's going to be like uh, one month long, and we want to use the red. Then okay, yeah, 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 red, yeah. But, yeah um, you definitely make the money back on it. Yeah, uh, but now I'm I'm. I have one kit, but it's a Sony FX6. Mm. So I'd rather just state that to you now and just yeah. keep it safe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I get I get sent the files for for a, a video editing job that, that I've got to do, and it's nothing. It's just a, a two cam, talking head, mm. and the the videographer in the states that shot it hired a red camera to do it, and I was like. Really, mate. Talking. Really, mate. You're <laughs> sending me it. red files. You're sending me because I opened it up and I was like, "What the hell is this?" And it's R three D file. Like so many files, yeah. Exactly, and they're all two point five gig each. And then, and then you know, you, you, you transcode them, bring them into Final Cut, and it's like a one minute clip. Yeah. And you're like, "That's that's like twenty five gig for a one minute yeah. clip." You've got to be joking. But some <clears throat> sometimes people have the misconception, like if they have the camera, they're going to get the the, the jobs that that um, justify having that camera. Which I've believed in the past as well, and it's it's not the I don't think it's the case. At all. No. Yeah. So you come back to the UK. We come back to Scotland. Um, it came back had um had a kid, and I was starting to as I said it was it was mostly like brand stuff, and I mm. really wanted I think through the YouTube channel I was really seeing the reason why I got into this to begin with. Like I really want to uh, make stories, make people laugh, uh, and I thought. In in Shanghai, it was only going ever going to be brands, so I kind of I'd have to move back to um, pursue that, and then also having a kid that was started to 
realise that this is a better place for the mm. kid to grow up, a lot more uh, nature and stuff like that. Um, we went on holiday, 2000, Fe February 2020? Uh, January 2020, we went to on holiday to Thailand and then the pandemic broke out. So we were kind of stranded in Thailand, try just following the news to see, like, do we go back? Uh, we planned to go in the summer back to move to back to Glasgow, but so we're just watching the news every day, just seeing it develop. Like, do we go yeah. back? Do we not go back? And eventually, made a decision: let's just go back to Scotland. So we showed up to Glasgow just with beachwear, <laughs> no, nothing else. <coughs> and then as it, as it unfolded, we just uh, realized we, we ended up having to get a company just to pack our house and and ship everything back. Which really, three months? Yeah, yeah. So. And just reluctant to buy a lot of new stuff, so we're just yeah. really living minimally for like six flip months. flops and beach shorts. <laughs> yeah, in the middle of winter. Yeah, uh, as and I've been gone so long that it was just a, a matter I had to had to kind of hit the floor, running, trying mm. to network from scratch. It's been like in that term, it's been like moving to a new country again. So how did, how did you initiate the networking? What did you do? Just emails, emails, yeah. emails. Yeah, like. Uh, Luckily, I, I I had some decent stuff on my portfolio, so I kind of I got some like uh, interviews with uh, production companies. Just had to be hired as a freelance, and then slowly yeah started to build there. But everything was shut down. Yeah, so I had to wait for that. Right. <clears throat> um, I got I got one or two. I got one gig where it was like, can you film your family at home, just like living the lockdown. I was just like, yep, yeah, they're all going to be on camera. No, because there's nothing else happening. <laughs> yeah, so that was to have that gig was pretty lucky. And then I think once the lockdown eased, um, I managed to get because I got I got some interviews just before we went to lockdown. Yeah. So there was kind of stuff. Yeah, the, you knew there was stuff going to be coming. Yeah. Down the down the line. Um, but yeah, it was a rough time for everyone. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Worst time to move back. <laughs> I know, but then, I mean, be, Thailand took a long time to open up. So you're probably lucky to get out of Thailand. Yeah, yeah, uh, and then going back to Ch Ch China. Yeah, I will just go back to Shanghai, and here you would be in twenty twenty two, and not able to leave your apartment at all. Yeah, and if you imagine if we if we stayed in Thailand longer, we'd be, we'd been living in a beach hut, just waiting to see what happens. Yeah, uh, eating I, locusts. Yeah, friends have just came out of the lockdown in Shanghai, but it's not fully over. It, it, they can go back any yeah, second. Yeah, yeah. Got friends with businesses, and uh, I got I got one uh, Glaswegian friend of mine. She's a hairdresser. Sorry, a barber, uh, and then she was she was like cutting people's hair through fences and stuff like that, just to to keep working. But I think she might be open now. Genuinely concerning when when you saw. I mean, again, we're not going to get geopolitical about it, but yeah, it's just genuinely concerning, terrifying. You know, yeah, yeah. Um, right, so so it's not fun. So, so you're back in Scotland, right? And and part of the reason you you reached out to come on is because you've got a big you've been working on a big project back in Scotland. So unpack that for us. All right. Um, so one of the other things I was um, doing on the side was, and, and like the generally uh, chasing, chasing work, but also try to get like into the comedy scene, not as a a, a comedian, but more as a filmmaker. So I, I was told, uh, well, some point in the direction of BBC Social, which mm. didn't really exist before, and that's <clears throat> that was a great platform where you you can just say I've got an idea for a video if they like it. They'll give you a few quid and you make it and then you get you get a platform. So I gave them a couple of ideas <coughs> for sketches. Um, I was living on Aaron because my, my parents moved there when I was uh, 18. So when we came back from lockdown, obviously, 
the best choice was to live with them. So while I was living there, I was just hungry for observations and had a few ideas for uh, sketches based in the countryside and stuff like that. So I pitched that to the BBC Social, um, did a couple with them. They did really well. And then then there was kind of step up for that if you're doing comedies, uh, BBC short stuff, mm. which is just comedy-focused sketches. Um, so I managed to move up to them. I pitched a few ideas to them and then it's great because you start to build a relationship with them and then when they say, I think every year or every so often they'll say we're looking for ideas for pilots and then they'll do a couple a year. <laughs> so I had um, written a treatment for a a comedy based on an island where it's uh, people struggling to get by, uh, especially young people, low season. Um, there's those themes of getting priced out of your home because it's such a, a, a tourist destination. Yeah. The generations can't really yeah. afford to, to live where they, they grew up. So I wanted to incorporate all that. And then also my, my family, um, they do a, like a, furniture removals like like uh removals deliveries stuff like that and i had a kind of a lot of observations for that so i mixed it all together and pitched something called islanders which was uh about a couple of guys just again struggling to get by <laughs> and then their sister who's like escaped as soon as she can gets forced to come back um and they they said that's something that they're actually looking they were looking for something that's, that's set off the central belt um and they yeah they went for it Brilliant. All, this is all my like first time experience for me. So then the the writing began. It's the first time I had that much intense feedback and revisions. Yeah. Um, which was really, really stressful, <laughs> but so beneficial, and I learned like so much doing that. And then it came. Uh, we shot it. We shot it in. We shot it in March or April. March. This year? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Shot in March. Was it on Aaron? It's all set in Aaron. Because I was trying to wonder where, where the, you know, based on where the dock was, I was trying to, what the, I thought, is it Dunoon? I thought, no, Dunoon, it's a bigger port type yeah. thing, you know? Because uh, Brodick, Brodick Pier is huge. Yeah. But Lacranza is tiny, so right. we shot Lacranza. Right. That was funny because we wa I wanted, really wanted to get a shot of the boat in the background, but mm. because it was low season, it's, it was only coming once a day. So that really stressed out the crew. <laughs> They're like, "All right, when it shows up, we just, you got like two takes, and then because it stops for like ten minutes and it's off." Wow. Just to quickly interrupt our conversation to remind you that this podcast is brought to you from the Podcast Studio Glasgow. Visit podcaststudioglasgow.com where you can book your time in the studio. There's a three-camera setup if you want a full video and audio production service for your podcast. We have two sets, a relaxed area where you can sit with your guests or a more formal desk setup where you can have guests or you can bring in remote guests, etc. We offer you the full production service here in the podcast studio Glasgow. It's a place that's been built by podcasters for podcasters and we believe it's an ideal place to rent if you want to either start your first podcast or take your existing podcast to the next level production-wise. So visit podcaststudioglasgow.com. Let's get back to the conversation. Uh, so we're not using the audio, but you can hear like a guy going like, give it away. Yeah. Because <laughs> we asked for permission and then they were like, yeah, no problem, but it, I don't think it, they passed it on. Oh. So the, the guy was like telling you out the way, but we had to just ignore him and just yeah, yeah. take. Yeah. Um, but it so I take you back to your prank filming days then. 
Just ignore what's going on around yeah, about yeah. you and just crack on. Just do it and ask for forgiveness later. Exactly. That works well. Exactly. So, um, a couple of observations. So, I've seen the pilot. You, you've, you've very kindly sent, sent me the pilot. So, I've got a couple of observations <laughs> and a couple of questions as well. What were you thinking? <clears throat> um, a couple of observations. I would say the main thing that impressed me was how quickly you're able to establish the characters. Right. Because the episode's 15 minutes. 15, uh, under 15 minutes. Yeah. So so let's call it 15 minutes. I would say within 60 seconds, you've established the two main characters really, really well. Right. Was that intentional because of the shortness of the episode or was it a fluke? It's what I learned during the writing process. I, when uh, the first draft was like a sweeping drone shots and he's cycling and he's like saying hi to people and he's waiting for someone they don't show up the boat and it's the next day and then as we're going on learning that especially for a sitcom all good sitcoms even if you go back to only fools and courses you got like 30 seconds to yeah to establish the premise uh and yeah so after i think i did th- 13 revisions or something like that oh uh so that just came from from feedback and learning as i was going now, I mean, I, I, I'm not, not trained and educated in any of this sort of thing, but I was just aware afterwards, I reflected on it, and I was like, yeah, I, I understood the two guys it, almost immediately, but I, don't know how you, <laughs> but I don't know how you did it. Was it just the kind of repartee between the two of them? Was it costume? Because I think costume, for one of them in particular, the hair and the costume sort of as a visual clue yeah. as to the type of character he is. So is it a mix of both, like how they look and the dialogue between them, or is there some sort of magic sprinkling going on <clears throat> like the what they're doing in the first the opening ep, opening scene yeah. is they're strapping a, a fridge <laughs> freezer to a robot <laughs> and and originally and one of that popped up in the middle of all the drafts and i think the producers were like that's yeah I say? Uh, we'll, we'll probably bleep it we try to be pg-13 <laughs> that's uh that's very funny uh and then that made its way up to the front of the yeah, the script, and it's the payoff as well at the end. Yeah, is yeah, that yeah. that sort of in the closing scene? Uh, but in terms of establishing, it's it's in the dialogue. You go like, all right, we need to we need to know the, the sisters coming. We need to know he fancies her. Yeah, we need to, to know the power dynamics between yeah, the two of them. Yeah. Um, and uh, you're counting pages and stuff like that. So it kind of builds from there. So, so tell me the name. Remind me the name of the two main characters. <clears throat> it is. Aaron and Lewis, which okay. is the names of islands. Right, okay. So so who's the one with the mullet? Lewis. Right. So Aaron's character, he's a bit of a kind of chancer. Um, you, you mentioned Only Fools and Horses. Yeah. You know, right away I'm thinking of a sort of watered-down Dell boy. You know, right. he's, he's a bit of a hustler. He's just trying to make it, make a bit of money doing whatever it is that he needs to do. Yeah, is, yeah. is that a fair submission? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 He's, a, <clears throat> he's, a, he's a bit older as well, so he's got a bit more of panic. Like, he's got a... Uh, he's got to sort his stuff out, he's got to sort his life out. But doggedly wanting to remain on the island. Yeah, yeah, he, he's, his, I don't think we really pushed it, but if we got to do more, I want to show that he's never left the island. Right. And he refuses that, that, to, and his, his conception of what it's like is like wild. Um, and then <laughs> Lewis is younger and more kind of interested in, having a girlfriend but he kind of just follows yeah. his friend Aaron he's kind of a follower but he's more and that's another thing is because uh, <clears throat> my younger brothers grew up in Aaron so they would tell me stories like uh, they match someone on t- Tinder but it's like 40 miles away 
Um, so like growing up, uh, yeah. growing up and then trying to date is it can be murder. Yeah. So he so, so Lucy's thirsty. Yeah, and then like just again they said in the first line just because she uh, acknowledges your existence, yeah. you fall head over heels yeah. for. Well, we, okay, because I, I remember being um, in a taxi and. I'm trying to remember the name of the island. It's where the Bowmore Distillery. Not the Bowmore Distillery. Anyway, it's the island. Is it, it's Isla. It was Isla. Apologise right. to those that are watching. You're thinking you don't know your Scottish geography. Um, I had to go to Isla um, maybe once or twice a year to, mm. to do workshops on digital marketing. I always enjoyed going there, but I never had enough time on it. But the first time I went, I'd I phoned and booked a taxi in advance, and then every time I went back, I just got the same guy. Mm. And when you Described somebody who's like literally never left the island. Right. This, this, that was this taxi driver. I'd say he was in his mid to late fifties, and he had that sort of dialect and that twang. Yeah. Um, his stories were brilliant, but he he would he, he says, "Ah, people say to me, um, how come you've never left the island?" And he's like, "Why would I want to leave the island? I've got everything that I want here." Yeah. And I guess you get people with that that mindset. It's almost like a religious fanaticism and loyalty to yeah, the island yeah, and yeah. the culture and what it represents. I mean, I think, uh, sorry for saying this, so they're watching it. My parents are definitely a good example as well. Like, <clears throat> they're from uh, Glasgow, but over the last 20 years, they've just like, oh, no, nah, I don't want to go to that mainland, man. I don't want too many people. Uh, so, yeah, they're definitely inspiration. But it's a challenging, it's a, it's a challenging way of life. And we'll come back to the to the pilot. We will come back yeah. to it. But just to talk about the island thing, it's a challenging way of life. Mm. Um, and I would say it's maybe not unique to Scotland, but certainly with the weather we get and, and the, you know, the issues with ferries, if you're not used to being cut off yeah. from a, a place that's got a showcase cinema and, uh, you know, a shopping mall full of, you know, yeah. next and mother care and all that, it's, it's, it, it's, a, it's a crazy mind shift that you yeah. have to go through to deal with that. So um, when I moved back, almost two years, I think we're on Iron through the pandemic mm. and um as i started to get gigs again i'd have to like uh i'd have to leave like leave to a two-day buffer just in case the boat sorry uh just yeah, yeah, the, no <clears throat> uh just in case the, the the boat messed up um and then eventually that that just became like all right we have to we have to leave uh yeah, it's that, too it's, big it's too choppy for the boat yeah it's a boat or the the Locals will complain that the the pier was built insufficiently, and that yeah. that, that exacerbates the option. Yeah, it gets too narrow or something. The locals are too it? old. All this yeah, stuff. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, if your business is on the island, it's a, a nice, it's a great, simple. Yeah, because people life. are stuck. We know everyone. Yeah. Um, but if you have to commute, man, it's yeah. It's a no, I can imagine. So so you decided to, and it's that 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 old adage, and I'm sure Ricky Gervais wasn't the first person to say it, but you write about what you know. Yeah. So with this pilot, yeah. you've written about what you know. Um, the, the the characters themselves are the you've obviously drawn you know comedic inspiration from comedies, mm -hmm. but are they, are they based on people that you know? So the, the character, the actor who plays Aaron is uh, Matthew. He's my brother. Right. We lived in Shanghai right. together. Right. Um. So we've made we've made sketch comedy together for for quite a while, and he's um he's a great performer, um. But he's he kind of just like whatever comes whatever comes by, he's like yeah I'll do it. That's great. Yeah. So uh, he, his, his other, his main job is he is 
a joiner and he's done a lot of those things as well. So, right. so I'm kind of brilliant, kind of cheating where I've just taken a lot again, I've just taken a lot from what's what's around me. But, mm. um, he what was the question? Are they based on they based on people you know? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so so literally based on you know your 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 brother, but you know growing up on on Aaron or spending time on Aaron, you, you would have met guys like Lewis and and, and well, it's, it's 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 based on people I know, and then based on like what would uh, a person at this age in their life be going through, yeah. and um, and then try and cooperate. Uh, like I love the idea of just. A couple of guys just saying yes to everything yeah. and figuring it out later. Yeah. That that kind of cracks me up, and that can go so many places. Uh, especially and then like men with Ven. <laughs> if you ever seen them, uh, what's it called? Peep Show. Yeah, yeah. One episode they get a van. That's right. We're, we're men with Ven. <laughs> it's true. Um, it's yeah, totally man, true. Men with van jobs can vary widely as well. Yeah. So and that that allows that's a it's a great wheelhouse for. Uh, Every episode getting into different situations, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, so I think by des by design that's definitely um, yeah because geographically and potential and you sort of like you know potential for getting into scrapes you're kind of limiting yourself by setting it on a small Scottish island but you know if you you just said that if you a couple of guys or a chances they'll say yes to everything they've got a van yeah then I suppose there's a lot of opportunities that and then the island becomes them. a character in itself of course um, and I kind of try to set a kind of surreal tone where it can kind of it can go a bit uh, uh, unrealistic <laughs> and this surreal. Like it's not like the island's disconnected from the mainland, but so also the reality is kind of well, of course. Disconnected well, from I, I mean the, the the scene where they, they go in to do the house clearance and they meet, and you know, I don't want to give any spoilers like that, but they meet somebody yeah. in there. That is, as you just said, that, that's you know, I can't imagine something like that happening. But when you frame it. Based on the location, right? mm. this is an island. The guy, the guy in that house is mm. is cut off from civilizations. You're probably going to get. Yeah. yeah, he's maybe going to be a bit loopy. Ah, his character, he's he he misses his family, but he's like uh, stubborn and yeah. So this is a roundabout way to try and mm. drive his family back, and it doesn't pan out. Yeah. So as I say, that, that one of my main observations was uh, I thought, felt you'd done a brilliant job and I'm not a professional critic I, I just felt from a consumer point of view I wasn't scratching my head about what's the motivation of these characters I think they were well established the other thing and, and this was you know I, I love cameras and all that type of stuff and I messaged you after watching it to say what camera was that was that an Ari or something was the quality of the cinematography and in my opinion the, the quality of this cinematography outstrips what you're going to see on your typical sort of mainstream sitcom. Mm -hmm. What was that about? You know, because <laughs> I don't think you need, needed to sh have shot it some of the ways that you chose to shoot to shoot it. It's f uh, oh, just quickly go back to the characters that inspire yeah. you. I, I missed Maisie, the sister. Okay, yeah, yeah. She's pretty much based on me. Right. In my... Uh, Whenever anything messed up, if I messed up living in Glasgow, I always had to come back to Aaron. And, and then I didn't really, I'd been away that long, I didn't really know anyone. <laughs> and always, yeah. So whenever I messed up in Glasgow, I'd, I'd, I'd come back to Aaron. Because uh, the cops couldn't it. find you or what? <laughs> yeah. That's where the story could go that way. Uh, back to the gear. Yeah, the cinematography I was very impressed with. Thank you. Uh, there was a point where we were going to have another cinematographer but um one of the biggest costs was getting everyone onto the island 
and I think for the first episode at least we wanted to have that authenticity. Mm. Um, so there was a point where the producers were like, we're going to get a cinematographer, you're just going to focus on directing, and then it just kind of like, hey, you shoot pretty well, do you want to just shoot it as well? Mm. Like, yeah. Because that's, <laughs> that's quite a workload. It is, but if you have, if you have like a, a couple of good assistants, I had one, um, it, it can be manageable, but there is that, you are you are going to sacrifice something some, somewhere along the line. You might miss something. <clears throat> there's like a, there's like one scene in there I, I can think where I was kind of felt a bit overloaded, mm. um, uh, but I do I just I just love it, and I did want it to feel a bit more organic and a bit more uh, indie compared to uh, a lot of comedies are just brightly lit. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. Sometimes a bit flat. I wanted to have something that felt a bit more uh, organic and uh, indie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kept it handheld for the most of it, um, just for speed. And I guess it kind of brings that energy to it as you well. Shoulder rig or, or literally just... <coughs> having so, against my stomach. I was just going to say that. Is it literally <laughs> the, the big V-mount batteries just against your stomach and you're just holding the camera? So I had uh, two grip handles at e- either side of the lens. Mm. Uh, so I'd mostly just hold it like that against my stomach and i just kind of aim it <sighs> that way. Um, and you, so you've said action. And it's you. is it you that's saying action? So the... The assistant director would right. say, I would say cut. Right. Um, but yeah, I try, and, I try and give him a note. Yeah. <clears throat> and then just go for it. It's, if, uh, I, I'm so used to it. Like, right. uh, with, with, I do a lot of documentary stuff as well, so I'm kind of used to doing it. And then when we were doing sketches all these years, uh, normally didn't have uh, a budget to add someone else in, so I just mm-hmm. got, I just got really used to it. Um, uh, I've done both where I've worked with a cinematographer and then I've, I've self-shot but um, I'm so hands-on I love every aspect like even like I'm not a colorist but I love like playing with playing with it I love editing um, uh, yeah I'm just I'm really really hands-on yeah yeah um, you guys all pile over to Aaron you've got your your Sony your lenses another thing <clears throat> um, that I uh, floated to to do as well to save a bit of money is we shot because it was Sony we shot actually a lot in autofocus which is in in TVs Aye. unheard of <laughs> you've got a focus puller <laughs> yeah yeah but I just said like you know the the FX6 and the FX3 because we had that for like uh, when they're driving that's yeah. mounted on the yeah uh, so the, the the autofocus is is blindingly good and then I I would do. I'd have my finger on the, there's a little switch where you kind of switch it off or you can hold to like let it go into manual again mm-hmm. so it'd be times that when they when they're moving I would just have it auto fo- in autofocus and then when they settle that switch it off just so it normally doesn't hunt but just just so it didn't yeah, like that. Um, yeah. Uh, but the, the BBC were really they were like if you, if you know what you're doing <laughs> go for it I mean that that is interesting so I mean so you, is that the type of thing you would normally need to run past, you know, the, the producers and say to them, we're going to be shooting with autofocus, or is it one of those things you don't want to get caught doing on the day, on the day of a shoot? They're not always that technical. Who's your focus puller, mate? Yeah. Don't need it. Yeah. They're not always that technical. I think they kind of trust, if they trust that you know what you're doing, Yeah. Um, I think they'll, they'll That makes sense. And if you're saving, you're saving some, some money. Yeah. I mean, ideally, we wouldn't, we would have a focus puller. Yeah. But it was just a way, like, 
I think I can pull this off. And it was, so, would, so, so, so what lenses were you using? It wouldn't be cine lenses then. <clears throat> I used um, uh, Zeiss. Yeah. Zeiss uh, Batis lenses, right. which are okay. made for a Sony E. Okay. And uh, so it's a really good, clean um, image, and it has uh, it works incorporates the autofocus. So I kind of find it's it's uh, well suited for that that kind of thing. I've got a couple. I've got a couple of manual lenses. Uh, Canon FD, okay, uh, the old vintage lenses. Um, I wish I could use if we had a focus build. Yeah, um, but I thought I thought it would uh, allow to for me to get a, a lot of stuff. Like I could I could move with them stuff like that. Not really. As you say, it keeps overall cost down because um, how many days did you have to shoot? I mean, caught me two two and a half. I think it was. Oh man, this is deleted. I think. It, <laughs> um, and I think it was two and then two travel days. Okay. On top, so it was like a four days total. Yeah, so you didn't have a lot of time, so... It was two. It was definitely If, if you know you can nail it, you know, you can nail the take. Yeah. Going auto. I mean, in a perfect world, we had, like, many days, and we yeah. we had a focus pillar, uh, it would be... And we had a... Sin mm. I like working with cinematographers, um, but I just love... I love shooting as well, so uh, mm. it's... It's... Uh, I wouldn't say like oh, if we had the budget, definitely get a cinematographer. I, so, I'd say like if it was something like I've done, I've done, um, I've worked in ads where it was working with children. You couldn't, I couldn't do a good job of uh, making them feel comfortable and get the performance from them and and shoot. I think that would call definitely to have another cinematographer. Yeah. There are certain things where you probably should. So you you would have been the director of photography as well on on Islanders. Yes, um, I don't think it's. You only, you only have so many credits. <laughs> I was just wondering. <laughs> so, think, just the credits at the end, it's just your name. <laughs> yeah. So I think I just got the directing credit, but yeah, right. I, I, I shot it. A lot, of na uh, a lot of natural light, and then for inside, it was very basic LED lighting we had to work with. Not, I mean, I think we got, could have been better, but I think we, we got a not bad result. And, and the nighttime shot um, at the end, you know, obviously the fire going was that one of those LEDs that sort of did the yeah. fire for you yeah, yeah. so we had uh, actually if you know the little aperture MCs yeah yeah we had those and then the crew producers were just holding them off off screen right just little tiny LEDs right. on fire effect um just to and then I had to, had because the, the camera's really sensitive so I had that the ISO right up at 12,500 or something wow like it looked clean. <laughs> and then we had one LED for the end scene where you see the lighthouse. Just mm -hmm. Is that what that was? Rotating, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. I was trying to figure out, where could that be where there's a lighthouse that works and yeah, you know, yeah. you'd be able to see it? Okay, interesting. That was the last scene of the shoot. Um, I don't want to say what problem I have with how it looks because then people would... Yeah, okay, you can, tell me, you can tell me once we're finished. <laughs> um, but no, we def I think we definitely... You're fighting with light as well because mm. it was like sunset. Um uh, but yeah, that's a, that's a nice shot. So the the pilot airs when? So I believe if it's still on all on schedule, it comes out July six. Okay, it'll be on BBC iPlayer along with uh, a few other pilots. I have no idea what the process is after, how it goes, like how they judge whether they want to do more yeah. or anything like that. This is all brand new territory for me, but I'm really. It's, Reaching out to you, I'm just really trying to do what I can on the site. Yeah, to yeah. To, 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 but I mean, to be honest with you, um, when you sent me the 
the poster mm-hmm. I recognised it because I've seen and I don't know whether the BBC is already sort of doing some pre-marketing for pilot season I don't know but mm-hmm. I was like oh, I recognise that now here's the thing about that and, and this is where psychology is fascinating right <laughs> it could be the BBC has done nothing right. to pre-promote it but the poster is, has been manufactured or, or designed in such a way that I believe I recognise it right now if that's true that's brilliant yeah because there's a sort of sense of familiarity oh yeah I know about that. Yeah. Let's put that on. I don't know. I don't know whether they've already put the poster out there. I think I would definitely have been following them like a hawk. Because I, cause <laughs> I, I, I mentioned it to my partner and I, and I explained that you, you were coming on and uh, I says, I, I says, we've seen we've seen the poster when we've been on iPlayer. And she had no no clue what I was talking about. Right. But I felt that I recognised it. That so, ripping something off. <laughs> and it, but that's but that's one of the that's the, that's pure art then, isn't it? you know? <laughs> it's like, here's something that's worked, yeah. that is recognisable, it's in the psyche. Let's do something similar because it's a brand new product mm-hmm. to market. Let's get it, you know, as if people know it already. Matt, uh, this is, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting to see what happens. I have no idea yeah. what's going to happen. I have no idea if it will uh, generate a buzz or if it will just uh, come and go or, uh, you know, mm-hmm. if it will, I'm hoping for the best. Yeah. So was it 15 minutes because it was a pilot? 15 minutes because it's a pilot. They usually, so <clears throat> interestingly, last year they, they, they would call it a three by five. They do three five minute episodes. And I think some of the producers were saying, why don't we try something else? Why would we try mm-hmm. 15 minutes? So mm-hmm. the, the two that I think a uh, comedy unit did some, I think uh, some other companies did some, but the one, mine's was through BBC Studios and they did two. Both of those were 15 minutes. So I think that this is them trying something new. Okay. I think there's a big push to find what's... Because I think uh, we're still game gone. Yeah. Um, Scott Squad's been on for so long, so it's two doors down. Mm-hmm. I think there is that hunt for what's what's going to be next. Yeah. So... <laughs> Why not, man? Why not? I th- and I think the... I mean, I think... It's, so So iPlayer, that's interesting because that's not going to be limited to a Scottish audience. Mm-hmm. I think there's a... I think there's a stomach for it down south because a lot of people just love the idea of the Scottish islands. Mm-hmm. They've got their romanticised view of them because maybe, you know, when, when they were a kid, they went to Rothsay or, or yeah. whatever, do you know what I mean? I think the, the scenery definitely would travel abroad, I think, definitely. as well. And I think the humour is not too uh, colloquial. That it's no, 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 not at all. I mean, it, um, it didn't strike me as being twee. It didn't strike me as being um, harshly... We're Scottish and we're proud of it, and we'll make you laugh at the way we talk. There was none of that, you know. Everybody was understandable, and yeah, I think I think that the, the jokes were pretty universal, really. You know, somebody's wanting to have a relationship, somebody's stuck in a rut, maybe in their life, but they're not willing to face it. Yeah. These guys are trying to get by. We, had, we all relate to that yeah. in some level. I think that should be at the, the forefront, and then through that, you get introduced to the the locations and the yeah. culture. That's I secondary. I think a lot of stuff that comes out of Glasgow is <coughs> is uh, sometimes hardcore tailored to Glaswegians, mm. and I really I really admire uh, in New Zealand how their comedy is like uh, over the last few years if as this went global, like uh, uh, I think that's really inspirational. Um, people like Flight Concords, yeah, I mean Clement, yeah, like OTE. Um, I'd love to to do something that kind of goes in that mm. direction, for sure. So in the meantime, is it is it back to sort of doing corporate stuff? Are you, uh, are you, are you producing stuff for yourself, your portfolio? I've 
I'm 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 working. Um, yeah, I'm still I'm like a, a director for hire. But I'm doing a a whiskey um, brand video, and I'm doing some other thing, corporate thing in, yeah. in, in Edinburgh next week. And yeah, just just a. Just working away and waiting to see what happens. Who who are the top three actors you'd you'd like to have in one of your projects? Uh so uh Jamie plays Lewis. I think he's mega talented. Uh his sense of humor is great. I'm so glad to like I, I kind of discovered he was making stuff on on his own. And uh I kind of discovered him just through social media and reached out to him about doing it and he was all about it and he'd like over delivered everyone who's like was on the project saying he's like some find oh, I, I mean he's going to go far he's, he's not two dimensional the character's not two dimensional in that's any way <laughs> <laughs> that's that's commitment <laughs> yeah uh, commitment to comedy uh no he's such a great guy uh i really have a, an affinity for darren connell as well mm. from scott squad i've met i met him um, before I'd love to like have something that, I think he's got really good comedy timing uh, Gregor who have had on the podcast I yeah. think he's mega talented as a writer as well um, uh, Locally I can't think I've, uh, I think I'm getting in touch with people that I'd like to work with especially um, uh, that I've done sketches with I'd like to do more with them mm -hmm. and then but yeah, I can't think of if you're talking like mega famous. Anybody? I'm just drawing a blank, man. Uh, yeah, I was I was watching uh, Joaquin Phoenix and Come On, Come On. Have you seen that? I've not seen Come On, Come On. No. Such a good film. Right. It's a it's a it's a kind of. I've not don't watch as many films like that anymore. It's where it's kind of shoegaze indie. Yeah, yeah. Um, just a slice of life. Yeah. Um, it was such a such a good film. Uh. So, to follow on from that, then, so you mentioned you mentioned two guys in particular, Lewis and Gregor, that are already writing and making their own stuff. Mm. So, how do you feel as somebody who already writes and makes their own stuff about the collaboration project, or you know, or would you rather say, no, 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 guys, it's my stuff we're going to make? No, I feel. Um, I mean, Gregor and I have made stuff together, and I've made stuff where I've. I've Made stuff with him where I've directed only and shot it, <clears throat> and he's written it. And, <clears throat> and then there was the, the it's the Jimmy and Dad sketches. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so it's you that filmed them. But then the there was the 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 Christmas episode is where we we co-wrote it. Okay. And uh, I just love that process. Like, it's, it's, you gotta get egos out of the way, mm. and like bounce. I'm dying. To, I've not had a chance in a while just to. To get in a room with someone just and just talk ideas mm. and make each other laugh because that's where the best ideas come from. Yeah, um, I find it's it's a lot more fun when there's you don't really get it much because the budgets are smaller. I think in the UK, in in America, you have uh, writers' rooms where there's like a ton of people. Uh, that that sounds like a yeah. I always think a thirty rock when I think of writers' yeah. <laughs> rooms. I mean that that would be a lot of fun to to be on. But no, I'm not. Um, I'm happy to. Ends is funny just to, to yeah. join in and try and make it funnier um if i can why why comedy then what you know for film i mean filmmaking point of view why comedy and not action or romance or uh, i mean i think comedy and drama 
um, I really have an affinity for. And I've played, I've played with those and then added a bit of horror. I've added a bit of action. Mm. Uh, and that's fun to do. But I just, um, I guess, ideas come from social observations and I don't see much action. <laughs> It'll be, yeah. I see many people fighting in the streets and shooting each other. So, aye, okay, aye. Uh, Maybe you're hanging about in the wrong places, but <laughs> <aye>. <laughs> no, I, I, I think, uh, I think when people reply to videos and stuff like that and they say they relate to something, yeah. or that's just like my life, yeah. uh, or they, they pick out lines they think is really funny, I think that's that's a, a, a huge... So so comedy, we're, we're sprinkling a pathos just to give it a bit of balance? Yeah, yeah. It, in, in the pilot as well, I tried, I tried to Definitely. add a, a wee bit of... Yeah, there was was there not a tear from Lewis? Yeah, at one point <laughs> yeah. wasn't so, no, there. Full on tears at the yeah, end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair play, man. Um, but it's supposed to be funny, but also. But that's but do you not think that's part of our Scottish psyche where it's like a guy is having a bit of a heartbreak moment and we can we sort of see the humour in that. In a way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, no, but yeah, definitely co- comedy, comedy and drama. It just so happens that I've I've, I've mostly done uh, comedy. Okay, so when the pilot. Goes out July the sixth. July sixth. July sixth. Okay. Fingers crossed. Um, will you come back a few weeks after it, and we'll talk again? Because I'd love to know what the follow up's like. Aye, is it, well, is it, when um, if anything progresses from it, yeah, it can yeah, that'd be even if it doesn't, cool. they will get the pathos. Yeah, you can come in and sit in a really bubble. Sad. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody liked it. Given, I don't know. There's, there's something in my gut says that you're going to have an audience for it. I think it's I think it's got appeal beyond Scotland. Mm-hmm. Which credit to you for doing that? Maybe it's been your experience overseas that sort of allowed you to think. Let's that, you know. Let's, let's think beyond Scotland for our audience. Right. As I said earlier, I think the characters are relatable regardless of geography, mm-hmm. regardless of accent, and the the kind of underlying stories that each one's got again are. Mm-hmm. So I've got a, a bit of universal appeal. So you know, I would say credit to you for that. It looks beautiful, but also for you're trying to expand who your audience is going to be. Well, I'm just going to take this video and what you said there and send it to the producers and the commissioners. And they'll <laughs> say, who's that guy? Yeah. Who does he know? <laughs> but no, as a consumer, you know, yeah. as, 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 a, as, as a, an audience, um, that's what I took away from it. And, and I want to know more. It's really... About I mean, the characters. It's, it's mega exciting and encouraging to, to hear, so I hope a lot more people... We'll, de- definitely, we'll definitely get you back. I think it'll be, you know, fingers crossed, touch wood, it goes yeah. well. And it becomes a, a roaring success and gets commissioned. Either way, come back and we'll talk talk more about it. You know, yeah, about the the process. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Uh, learn as we go. Fingers crossed, everybody. Yep. So if you look into that camera there and just let know folk where they can find you and a reminder of the name of your show. The show is called Islanders, but it's spelled I S L E. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you only wrote it um, and that was uh, they, they did a wee focus group and it was um, it worked out better to do it that way because it felt a bit more Scottish and otherwise if it was just called Islanders the correct spelling it could have been a game show or something like that like a Love Island or something like that uh, I'm on Instagram at Avizano my last name A-V-E-Z-Z-A-N-O and the show should be out July 6th on iPlayer check it out Thanks so much for coming on. It's Thank been brilliant to you. It's been brilliant to do a bit of geeking out as Cheers, well about hardware and cameras yeah, and lights yeah. and that kind of stuff. Brilliant. Hey, good luck. Seriously, good luck. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs>